0: What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Rock Your Brand Podcast. Today, we have an update, a huge update since the news that was, well, that was announced last week on how Etsy has made the announcement that they are no longer starting on February 5th that they are no longer going to allow Etsy sellers to have access to the customer email for using it to communicate and build an email list. Now, with that being said, we're going to do a little recap from last week. With that being said... Some people were like, well, wait a minute. That's not really what they're saying. What they're saying is they're not going to let any integration happen with any of the tools that have integration privileges with the API. Well, that's not 100% accurate. We're going to dig into that. We also have a, uh, well, a Weber put out. A little bit of an announcement of their own since hearing about this, so we're going to be able to hear what they are saying about it and how they were, uh, how they were alerted of this. Uh, we do have a, a pretty big update from Everbee uh, on what they are, uh, what they're working on right now, and uh, it's pretty cool. They've got some cool things that they're working on. Uh, and then the third thing is, is we actually have an Etsy community leader that chimed in about this uh, is about this whole situation and gave what they felt was what Etsy is saying. Now they're an Etsy community leader. I don't know what that means. I don't know if they're directly connected with them. If Etsy made them a community leader, I don't know, but they do have some things that they feel, uh, Etsy is doing this for and what they're going to allow moving forward. So that's what we're going to be talking about here today. We're going to be sharing all of these updates with you. Uh, Before we do jump into that, though, I have a little update of my own that I wanted to share with you because we announced at the beginning of this year that we are going to be doing 52 Etsy shop audits. So what we're doing is we're going to be releasing these on the YouTube channel starting February 1st, and we are going to release one Etsy shop audit per month, or I'm sorry, per week. And we are going to be, Chris and I are going to be recording these Uh, we're going to be recording these, uh, let's see here once a month and we're going to be recording four of them, uh, at a time. So we're going to be batch recording these. Now we are also, we decided to do this, that we're going to allow people to be in on those kind of backstage of these private recording sessions that we're doing for what we're calling the Etsy shop audit series. And this is going to be 52 that we're going to be doing through this year. Now, if you want to be part of the backstage pass, we're actually doing our first one tomorrow, depending on when you're watching this, we're doing our first session. We've got four of them already in the queue. We've already started going through them and we're actually going to be bringing some of these shop owners on to kind of dig in and do these audits along with us. Now, if you want to be part of that, you can join us and it's uh it's on our Backstage Pass Club. And to do that, you can go to brandcreators.com forward slash club. Or you can just, if you're on YouTube, you can just click join. You should see a join button next to our subscribe button. And you'll get all the information there. There's a two-minute video there of me explaining exactly what you're getting by being part of the Backstage Club. If you're interested, we'd love to have you. Tomorrow, we are kicking it off. The first one that we're kicking it off with, by the way, really great. Uh, it's a, it's a business that's been in existence for 10 months. It's done to date, $10,000 in revenue. Their goal is to get to $10,000 per month. So our goal is to help them really create a path and a plan to get there. But we're also going to be looking at what they're currently doing and what can be improved and maybe some things that just need to be well killed and not done anymore. Um, so that's the beauty of doing these Etsy shop audits. If you want to be part of that, make sure that you join our club and, uh, we'll see you on our first live session coming up tomorrow. All right, Chris, with that all being said, it looks like we got a bunch of members that already jumped in. So thank you guys for, for joining. Um, anyway, uh, where, where do you want to start here, Chris? I mean, we've got a bunch in the queue here. Uh, I know that I talked that, uh, a Weber had also made an announcement. Um, where, where do you want to start, Chris?
1: Yeah, so I'd say, I, I guess the thing is, we should probably recap for everybody what happened in case they missed it. Great idea. Uh, last last week, yeah. uh, Etsy announced that they were going to be removing the ability for third-party integrations, such as AWeber, Everbee, and they included a whole bunch of other ones on that list, Scott. Uh, But the particular email I got went to our test account that we use with Everbee when we shoot specific videos to show you guys how to use things inside of Everbee, right? So this one just says Everbee, but a wide variety of things were impacted by this. And it came not only as a surprise to the sellers who got these emails out of the blue, which is anybody who had any of these tools connected, but it also apparently came as a surprise to the people who create these extensions, these apps, uh, these integrations as well. And last week, we had a long conversation with the head of, de- I think he's the head developer, the head of development over at Everbee. And he was letting us know that basically it came out of the blue. And we, on that video, actually got a, uh, a reply from Aweber as well from their lead product person at Aweber. And he said, Just so you guys know, we've had an integration with Etsy for years. We received absolutely zero communication ahead of this happening. The first thing we heard about was that our customers started emailing us about the email that they got from Etsy. So it sounds like Everbee, at the very least, got a little bit of a heads up. But AWeber didn't. And the first that AWeber heard of this was when they started getting support tickets about it. And uh, Chris over at AWeber said, this is not an issue of privacy, obviously, We care very deeply about privacy and all Etsy customers were required to confirm that they wanted to be added to a list before they were added to an AWeber list. This seems to be Etsy trying to control more of the relationship between buyers and sellers. And to me, this is more reason than ever to keep building your email list. So a platform like Etsy can't get between you and your customers. And I think that was kind of the big takeaway, Scott, that we had last week. Basically, this should be a, a warning, a heads up to everybody that if you're not already pursuing building an email list, that you should be doing that because that is something that you own and control. And yes, it is a little bit harder now to get to the place where we're adding customers from Etsy to the email list. We detailed a wide variety of ways that you could do that last week. But to me, I think to you and at least to Chris over at AWeber, This is kind of that sign that if we're not doing this already, this is something we should probably be doubling and tripling down on just in case Etsy does something else. And we want to have control over our own destinies. And this is not something that's new to you or to I, right? This is something we've been dealing with in the marketplace space for several years. I mean, basically, since you started selling on Amazon back in 2014, something like that, uh, 2013, 2014, where Etsy was kind of the exception to the rule basically nobody gave you email addresses and we always had to do this on other platforms, other marketplaces. Now Etsy is just kind of joining that club. So with that out of the way, with that quick recap of Etsy, pulling that away from sellers, where did you want to go next?
0: Yeah. Well, let let me say this. Okay. So Aweber was the first I believe was the first one of the first, let me just say that the one that I was aware of that was integrated with Etsy. It was the first one that was inside of your Etsy account. You go into the integration and you would see a Weber. And then from there, it was a little clunky. It wasn't that easy to get connected, but it still was integrated. So it showed that a Weber had had the ability now to pull in an email address from Etsy. So that is one of the first companies that I'm aware of that that was able to do this. Then Ever, Everbee came in and, uh, well, they built this for the, the Etsy seller. And that's really what I want to lean on here and, and really kind of highlight is it sounds like from what you read, Chris, from AWeber, that they're a little pissed off, all right? And, and they're they're just like, you know, hey, Don't let your, don't let, you know, Etsy get in the way of your customers. This is, you know, like, so it sounds like they're a little upset. It doesn't sound like they're going to build something for you, Etsy seller, um, and specifically allow you to kind of work around this in, in a way that's okay with Etsy because Etsy said, we don't care if you, they want you to build a list. They just want you to get someone that confirms that they want to, or subscribes on their own versus you just emailing people that are a customer. And we were able to do this in a way I feel like did have people raise their hand, but still Etsy doesn't want to give out the email address for maybe other reasons. I don't know. Okay. But it does sound like a Weber's is just kind of like this is why you got to build an email list. And that'll probably be the extent of it. Now I can't say for certain, but their main business is not helping Etsy sellers. Okay. A has been around for years and you know, fun fact here, you know, I started this about 20 years ago, uh, probably the online space 15 years ago. And a was my first email, you know, provider for using email marketing or doing email marketing. And I used them for probably five to six years, maybe even a little bit longer. And then I switched over to a bunch of other ones, tried a bunch of them, but ever be the difference here with ever be email is they're not saying, oh, okay, well, you know what? We're not going to worry about that. We're just going to you know, look over here and focus on people that want to build an email list. What, what the, and I'm going to show you some features here that are already being developed as we speak right now, which are very exciting. Um, so I'm going to share those with you. And I, I literally just got them this morning. I went into our private little Slack group with the Everbee team. Cause I'm part of that. And I asked them. I said, Hey, we're going live here. I know last week we talked about this. What do you got coming down the pipe? You know, I, I know you're working on stuff. And immediately they sent me over like four or five things that are in, in route right now, like they're going to be happening here very, very soon. My point is this, Everbee is a tool right now to help Etsy sellers, period, okay? They help you with your product research, they help you with keyword research, they help you with tracking your rankings, Uh, they help you with monitoring for trademark infringements, like all of the things for an Etsy seller, that's what Everbee is doing. So Everbee email is just going to evolve to help you help your customers, okay? And still do email marketing, but also find other ways to build a list that are integrated inside of this. So this way here, you can reach those people. Um, So I just want to throw that out there. If you're thinking to yourself, okay, yes, I need to build an email list because what Scott and Chris have been saying all along is what we should be doing, right? Like we've been saying this for years, by the way, not even just with the Etsy side of things, but for years, we've been saying, you got to build an email list. It's the thing you own. It's the asset you own. But with that being said, there are ways that you're going to be able to still build a list using Etsy. Okay. Using your Etsy customer or pre-customer, uh, you're, you're able to now, you're still able to do it. We just have to do it in a creative way that still is abiding by the rules, which we're going to do. All right. And we're going to share those with you again here today on this, but the big news right now is yes, if you're brand new I'm curious in the comments, let me know, is this the first you're hearing of this or were you here last week and you already, already heard of this? I'm just curious if you can drop that in the comments, let us know, is this new to you or or did you already hear about this? Uh, I'd be curious to know. Um, so with that all being said, I really feel like if you are thinking to yourself, okay, you know what? I'm, I'm going to just kind of either leave Etsy or I'm not even going to worry about email marketing. Like, cause that's what people are thinking. There's sellers right now that are thinking like, that's another thing that Etsy just did to me. Screw them. I'm not going to use them anymore. I'm not going to use their platform, which is a big mistake. I believe because it's a great platform. We just ha- have to use it according to their rules. No big deal. Right. But there's ways that we can still then e- do email marketing. And again, the people that are going to number one, figure out a way, which we're going to hear, we're going to be here to help you with that. Find a way to do it above board. Okay. Okay and still use the platform, you're going, you're going to be the ones that are going to rise above. And I can tell you this right now, ever email is going to help us with that. So this is my little, my little shameless plug here. If you are not yet using email and you're not yet collecting emails right now, you should probably sign up for ever email because you are going to be able to still build an email list and you want to get this thing up and running as soon as possible. All right? So if you want to do that, head on over to email4shops.com and Chris if you can throw that link up on the banner on the bottom, email4shops.com. If you go to that, you will be able to sign up and you'll also be able to get um a, a free month, okay? So go to email4shops.com, you'll sign up, yes, you'll buy us a cup of coffee. It's, it's through our affiliate link, but we only promote products that we use and that we believe in. And I believe that Everbee is going to be here for the long haul and they're building tools for the Etsy seller. Okay. Big thing to, to take away there. All right, Chris. So that's kind of where I wanted to go there. Guys, I know you're going to have questions. Drop them in the comments. You, you guys know how these lives work. Uh, we, we stay on here and answer a lot of questions uh, because we want to help you on these Wednesday live streams. Uh, and let me know that too. Is this your first live stream? Let me know in the comments. I'd love to know that too. Chris, anything I leave out on that? I got a little bit of a rant there.
1: No, I think in in terms of strategy moving forward, that is the thing, right? You need to have an email list, whether you're building this with Aweber, Everbee, right? That would be the solution that makes the most sense if you have a foundation on Etsy, right? And that's the reason we are talking about it. And Scott, I know the next thing that we wanted to talk about before we dive into some of the things that are coming up, we wanted to dive in a little bit into some of the justification that we've seen from etsy to the community about why they're doing this and i think uh reading through this and we'll we'll share this here in a second i know you said it sounds like Weber is a little upset and i think aweber is upset because of the the lack of communication and the implication that they are somehow doing something that compromises the privacy of people which is something that aweber takes extremely seriously And so I think once we share a little bit of the feedback from Etsy's community manager, uh, I think this will start to get a little bit more clear. So I'm going to try to pull that up right now. Oh, cool. And if we take a look, so we can see this is the original announcement from last Thursday. And it says, we're making a few updates to protect users' privacy, right? This comes uh, from inside of the Etsy community. You'll see here, this is from Murphy Gardens, which is her store name, but she is actually Etsy's community manager. And if you look at her post history, she posts a lot of the things related to changes and uh, additions or deletions to Etsy's terms of service or things that they're doing with sellers. So we can see here, she says, my name is Andrea and I lead Etsy's community team, right? It's her job to help communicate these things with sellers. And so that's why she's creating this post. She said, we know how important user privacy is to all members of our community, which is why I wanted to share this update these two updates, right? And so again, they're leading this with the privacy angle. Since people have to opt in to get those emails, I'm not very on board with that, but we'll kind of see where, where they go with that justification. So the first thing is soon you'll need to be signed in. And this Scott got kind of buried last week. Yeah, uh, <laughs> You and I, you and I were going back and forth about it, but this got buried by the, the email news last week.
0: Mm-hmm. You'll have
1: to be signed in to view most posts in the Etsy forum. So basically to see a post like this one in the future, you'll have to be signed into your Etsy account. That's not really a big deal because if you have an Etsy shop, chances are you're logged into your Etsy account. Anyway, by the time that you're getting into like an Etsy forum. So that's not really a huge deal. But basically they just want to make sure that random people aren't seeing the information or the answers that are being posted there. Although anybody can create an account and be able to see it. So, you know, again, that's neither here nor there. But basically what they're saying is they're going to start asking you to log in to view most posts if you're not logged in already. And then this little paragraph down here, right? So we see this five paragraph post, but this little paragraph down here at the bottom says, we're limiting the buyer info. Some integrations can access using our public API. Many companies use the Etsy API to build tools and services for Etsy sellers. We refer to these, we being Etsy, as integrations. To help protect shoppers' privacy, we're putting some additional limits on the buyer info we share with these third parties. We've reviewed this information carefully to ensure we limit the impact on the tools you depend on to run your business. Any sellers impacted by this change will receive an email from Etsy this week about changes we are making. And we got that email almost instantaneously after this post was created, which basically said, hey, we're pulling this away. And this is interesting to me for a couple of reasons. Scott, uh, no one may know this, a little bit of inside baseball here, but you and I took a look at the Etsy API a few months ago Uh-huh. because we considered creating a tool. And do you remember what the process was for getting that tool approved by chance?
0: Uh, I mean, if I recall off the top of my head, I mean, you had to Just basically, big. yeah, I mean, you basically had to submit. You know that you wanted permission to use the API and I think you just that you just had to tell them what you were going to be um, needing as far as or what you're going to be needing to access. Spotify, Apple, iHeartRadio, or simply click on the link in the show notes below.
1: Right. So so basically they're already reviewing everybody that's making these integrations to make sure that the integration complies with their terms of service, complies with their privacy requirements, complies with all of these things. Nobody was breaking the rules. So to me, they're just changing straight up changing the rules, right? They're not saying ever be broke the rules, so we're gonna pull away this. A Weber broke the rules, so we're going to pull away this. They're just changing the playing field. And so that obviously led to the live that we did last week, the emergency live, and a lot of feedback from the community. And so uh, this post went up yesterday in response to the original post to try to clarify a few of the things. So I wanted to run through this really fast. So the first thing she says is, we appreciate the thoughtful questions. I'm sure some of them were thoughtful, and many of them were not. (laughs) <laughs> right. We've seen from the community so far about the change to the public API. This is an important update in protecting user privacy and ensuring Etsy remains a trusted marketplace. So again, they're leaning really heavily on the privacy side of this. And so she said, we're clarifying a few questions below. So question one, did the third party applications who are losing access to email addresses use them improperly? And this is the point that I was just making. Well, you know, maybe Aweber broke the rules, maybe ever B broke the rules. She says, for privacy purposes, we only share information with third-party applications that is necessary for them to fulfill orders. And this doesn't really answer that question, but it's about their approach moving forward. If the third party doesn't need that email address to fulfill the order, we'll no longer share that information with them. Losing access to this information simply means that a third party doesn't need it in order to complete the order and will otherwise continue to operate as normal on Etsy. And then they they come at this again with the privacy... And so I, I reached back out to Etsy to see if we can get this clarified a little bit further because I know the question that this raises for everybody is, okay, I get that they're pulling this away in the name of privacy, but what you're telling me here is that you're still going to be sharing it with third-party integrations who do need it to fulfill the order. So does that mean, even though a bunch of people got emails last week saying that the the integration they use to fulfill Their digital product orders via email is on that list. Are they going to be coming back and correcting that? Is this still going to uh, be commuted to third party integrations like ShipStation or Pirate Ship or some of those types of places? Or will I still have access to the email address in the back end of Etsy in case I need it for completing the order? And this is something I know that we've run into in your wife's shop, right? Mm -hmm. Somebody orders something that's personalized. You send them an Etsy message and say, hey, uh, I can't put in the random gibberish, or you just put a space in the personalization. Two, three days go by. They haven't responded to the Etsy message. Now, what do we do? Well, the only other real recourse that we have at that point is to send them an email. Mm -hmm. And so if we're losing access to email, in that case, it is critical to fulfilling that order. If we lose access to that, then we're potentially in a sticky situation with the customer because they missed the Etsy message. They just—they don't happen to have the Etsy app downloaded on their phone and they don't get a push notification, yep. right? They just logged out and they didn't see it, whatever. So that's still what we're waiting to clarify. Basically what they're saying from my interpretation of this, and correct me if you feel differently, is that they're pulling it away from anybody that's using it for a marketing reason, but they are trying to make sure that if you need it for some sort of an order fulfillment purpose, that those... Uh, integrations should not be affected moving forward, or mm-hmm. at the very least, sellers should still have access to it in case of emergency inside of the Etsy backend, if it's truly needed for an order fulfillment purpose. How that's being implemented, what the details of that are, we still don't know, but this is the the first part of that clarification mm-hmm. as of yesterday. Am I missing anything there? Do you think I'm misinterpreting that at all?
0: No, no. That's kind of how I took it. I think, uh, I mean to me, it's like, it's sounding like, and that's what people were saying, like, well, Etsy isn't really, they're not giving sellers access to the email. They still will. They're just, they're, they're cutting off the API of tools that are using the email for marketing purposes. At least that's how I read it. So the email will still be, as far as I know, still be in the order, right? So it still is there. Now that does leave, it wide open for people that are going to scrape emails and do, you know, black hat stuff, but we're not going to, we're not going to go
1: there. Which raises the question to me, if the concern is truly about privacy and protecting mm-hmm. user data, if it's still available, but just in a shadier way, does that not encourage the people who are doing shady things to do them in a shadier way? Because you now have no way of knowing where that email address came from. Right. And so at least if they're communicating that via the API to a third party service like Everbee, who is required to follow their rules for using the API, which would include buyers opting in to be able to email, you're pulling that away from Aweber, who's doing the same thing. The only option that you're leaving people is to go with the black hat side of this and just use it however they feel like using it. And you lose any sense of accountability in terms of where that email address and how that email address was acquired. Does that make sense? You know, like yeah. it's, yeah. it's kind of counterintuitive to me to say, oh yeah, yeah, we're still gonna give you access. And if you really wanna do something shady, you can still do it. But the people who are doing things the right way and actually caring about user privacy, those are gonna be the people that are actually affected by this. So that it, if it's available at all, but not available in a way that you can track and trace and, and make sure is compliant, That seems kind of backwards to me. But at the very least, it sounds like we're headed in the right direction from their clarification. And if we need it for an order-related purpose, that it is still going to be there. The second point of clarification was a bunch of people asked and they asked on the live as well as to Etsy apparently, mm-hmm. uh, is Etsy gonna remove or block the third party applications who are impacted by this change? And their answer is no, we're not removing any any of these applications, any of these integrations. We're just limiting their access to buyer email addresses. Well, as far as I'm aware, that's basically the only thing that Aweber has access to. So they are effectively removing some of these, but they're not booting people off because they had access to that API field. They're not singling anybody out for this. They're just shutting down access to that field. Mm-hmm. And so everything else for Everbee should continue to work as normal. If you were using Aweber, obviously that's going to go away because they no longer have access to the basically the only API field that they're actually dialing into. So that may be something you would want to consider as well. Uh, the third question that they were clarifying here is they're saying, okay, this impact Uh, This impacts the third party integration that I'm using for email marketing. How can I get buyers to opt in to receive my emails? And this is basically just a copy and paste of some of the stuff that we've seen in the past, but they talk about all of the other ways that you can uh, create an email list. They're saying things like, Hey, you know, put it up on your social media, add it to a good old fashioned paper list. Uh, If you have a website or a blog, you can introduce a newsletter subscription link. Right. And then they're basically just saying, Hey, can you not copy and paste it from the Etsy backend? Uh, cause that might be illegal. <laughs>
0: and so, yeah, yeah. you
1: know, they're, they're not giving us a lot of options there, but they are saying, Hey, you know, here's a little bit of clarification on this and you still can drive email traffic, right? They're not saying don't send emails. They're just saying, we're not giving people direct access to Etsy's emails, uh, to Etsy customer emails via the API. That's basically it.
0: Now. Okay. So the one thing that's not clear here and that's where it would be nice to have a rep that is on Etsy and we can get to the bottom of this stuff, right? Now, again, I work a lot from common sense. You know, I'm, I'm again, I'm not a college grad, so I'm not, you know, I'm not like book smart, let's say, but I'm pretty good with common sense. And common sense tells me that what they're saying is if you give them something of value and they want it, okay? Meaning we call it a lead magnet or some type of offer, right? If we give them a way for them to, they call it a newsletter. I I hate the newsletter terminology because most people are not going to sign up for a newsletter, right? Like who wants to sign up for a newsletter to read about your Etsy shop, right? But I would rather say sign up for my email list and be part of our VIP club where you get access to monthly giveaways of our products. You get access to, uh, special discounts, launch pricing, uh, you know, all of these different things that someone would be interested in. Right. So they just use newsletter. I'm using my common sense to say that just means that To get them to sign up for something, they have to give you your permission or their permission, meaning they have to put their name, their email and say, I want to subscribe. Right. And then once they do that, it's fair game because now they've consented. They've said, yes, we are. We are okay with that. Now they don't say in here anything about, well, if you wanted to you know, have, uh, a special link in your images that promote your VIP club. You can do that or your newsletter or whatever, right? They don't say that, but I would think that that's okay because they're saying, we want you to build an email list, but they're not clearly saying that. So my common sense says it would be okay, but that's me saying that. Okay. And I'm pretty sure I'm right, but I don't know. It's Etsy, right? Like who knows, but I would say, logically, if I, and here's the big one though, if I am driving people to off of Etsy to give me their email address and I give them a discount to be applied to my Etsy shop, that's a big key there. And once they go to the thank you page, after they've given me their email address, you go to usually a thank you page, which you can build all this stuff and ever be too, by the way. And then that directly brings them back to my Etsy shop. How could they have a problem with that? Right. What they're saying, the problem that they don't want to run into is someone places an order and you take that email address and just start sending them things without them saying, I want you to send me things. So my common sense says, as long as you do that, you should be able to advertise your, your little offer, right? Your little lead magnet, your newsletter, your VIP club, whatever like that. Um, That's what we're going to do because to me, I don't see anything wrong with it, but we haven't had any clear uh, clear statements from Etsy. Although they say, yeah, you can build an email list as long as someone subscribes to your newsletter. They call it a newsletter, right? And if you want to put that on your social media, put it here, put it there, put it here. But what about if we put it in our shop? We should be able to do that. At least that's what I, I think. Chris, what's your thoughts on that?
1: Well, we, we can put it in our shop. In fact, there's a link inside of your shop designed to send people off of Etsy, right? There's a whole bunch of social media links that you can yep. include. They have a, a shop dropdown designation link spot, a link for a spot for a link in their drop down. That says shop, right? It's to link off of Etsy to your shop. So to me, using that for something like capturing a customer email to then drive them back to Etsy is perfectly logical, right? There's no reason if if they're cool with them driving me, me driving traffic to my Shopify, there's no reason they wouldn't be cool with me driving traffic to a landing page where I'm going to get the customer email and then send them back to Etsy. And Scott, this comes back to something you and I talked about way back in the day with Amazon. And if you guys haven't been hanging around with us that long, totally cool, right? And what I used to refer to anything with the Amazon terms of service to was what I called the mom test. If you don't know me personally, you don't didn't grow up with me, don't know my mom. My mom is the quintessential rule follower, right? If there is a rule, she will follow it no matter how illogical it is, no matter what it says, right? Love her to death, but she will follow that rule to the letter. And so if we ever had an approach with something where we were looking at the Amazon terms of service. And I felt like if my mom was Amazon and I could explain to my mom why we are doing what we are doing, meaning she would say, yes, that complies with the letter of the rule, right? (laughs) Then we would be okay. But it's not just the letter, it's also the look and feel, right? So yes, it complies with the rule, but also what is the intention behind this? And if our intention is to drive that traffic back to Etsy, right, in this case, then there's no reason that we shouldn't be able to do that. Because she would say, yes, it complies with the letter of the rule, but it also complies with the spirit of the rule, right? We're not stealing customer data from Etsy. We're not copying and pasting emails. We're using the tools that Etsy gives us to drive them to that landing page to then drive them back to Etsy. Or we're capturing emails on our own behalf, driving them over to Etsy. Etsy's totally cool with that. And in fact, Scott, a couple months ago, they rolled out a program specifically designed <laughs> for people to help do that, right? Called Share and Save. And then uh, they said, it's yes. probably working too well. So maybe we should pull back a little bit on, yeah. on all of the resources that we're giving to people. Uh, just kind of, you know, buy, buy five there. But I think if we're driving them back to Etsy, there's no reason they would have a problem with it, especially because it complies with the letter of the law, right? They're saying, hey, yep. you can link over to your site. No reason you can't do that. And so, Scott, a, a follow-up question to this, and I know it's somebody... Uh, is gonna ask it if they haven't already. So if we're not getting customer email addresses, how do we build an email? It's like, what is the response to this? You hear a lot about supply chains these days because if the past couple years have taught us anything, it's that an efficient, well-managed supply chain is absolutely critical to keeping businesses successful and consumers happy. I'm Will Haywood and I host a podcast called All Business, No Boundaries, where we talk about supply chains, how they work, what happens when they don't, and the innovations that are redefining what's possible in the world of logistics. Join me for insightful interviews with thought leaders and industry experts. We discuss how optimizing supply chains can break down the barriers that are holding businesses back. That's All Business, No Boundaries by DHL Supply Chain. Listen and subscribe
0: wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, no, that's a great question. We answered it last week. We'll answer it again. And I'm going to be doing some videos here on the channel as well. So you probably want to subscribe to the YouTube channel if you haven't done so already. Um, But I'm going to do some videos uh, walking through, uh, really, we call it like a little mini funnel in a sense. It's kind of like a marketing funnel where you have a landing page, which is basically the page where someone would go right after they click on your link And then from there, you'd have a form to let them fill out their name and email address with a subscribe button. And then from there, they'd go to a thank you page. And on that thank you page, they would then be redirected over to uh, your shop. Um, So that's what we call kind of like a mini funnel. Um, Before I do that, though, uh, we created a full playbook on email marketing and we did this before this whole change anyway, um, because we've been big on building a list. If you want access to our playbook, just in the comments, just drop email, just put email in the comments and we will send you that. Okay. Um, it's about a, I think it's gosh, maybe around 50 pages, 46, 50 pages, something like that. Um, where, uh, we break down our email marketing strategy that we've applied to our Etsy shop. So if you want that, drop it in the comments, and we'll make sure that we get that over to you. Um, But bottom line is this, and there's a lot of different ways, and I'm going to show you some features right now that Everbee is working on right this second, like literally right now. I'm going to give you some things that they're working on, which is going to be incredible. Um, And they have some things that they're going to be working on. And I have to say, I'm going to pat myself on the back a little bit. I gave them a little bit of the idea of what they should build, because I think it would be killer for Etsy sellers. It's something that we're utilizing another tool for, but if you build that inside of Etsy, game changer. That's all I'm going to say on that. Um but bottom line is this. And this is what we're we're doing right now. We and we've been doing this, but we're going to we're going to amp it up a little bit. Is we are creating a VIP club for our shop, okay? And in this club it's a newsletter club. Let's call it. Okay. It's, it's where you are on an email list. We can call it a newsletter, but it's a VIP list, right? You're on, you're in the club and you are going to get access to, uh, anything that we feel like is special. Okay. So number one, we're going to do giveaways. That's another great way to build a list. We'll talk about that, but basically we're going to say, Hey, every month, We're going to randomly select one of our VIP members and we're going to give away X, right? Maybe we're going to give away one of our latest sweatshirts or a pillow or a flag or whatever, right? Like we're going to give away something. So that's a reason to be on the list. The second thing is, is any launches that we do of new products, we're going to have a deep discount 50% or more, and you're going to get access to that first initial launch uh, price um and you're going to get special promos all of those things and any news updates that we have for you you're going to hear about so we really really lean into all of that stuff right then what we do is now we create that landing page and that landing page the way that you create this is inside of everbee they have a nice little tool built right inside everbee email and you basically just build this page and this page it's a form but it goes on a page and you don't even need a website you can just use their server. And then you put all your information in there, you know, join our VIP club where you're going to get this, 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 and this. All you need to do is sign up below name, email address. Yes. I want to be part of the club. That's it. Then from there, you got their email address. It goes into Everbee email. Now we can email them. Okay. Because they said, yes, that's the big one right there. They said, yes. Now, if they don't want to receive anything anymore, guess what? there's a little unsubscribe button right down below your writing and they can unsubscribe at any time. Okay? So that's the cool thing. By law you have to do that. It's automatically integrated in be email because they're doing everything above board. Okay? So from there, you're get you're getting their email address, you're going to send them an email with all the information about becoming a VIP member, right? And then they're also going to go to a thank you page immediately as soon as that happens and you customize that in be email too. Now what we do that we have that built. Okay. Now we want to advertise that thing, right? We want to start letting people know about it. So now what we do is we put that everywhere we can. Now let me back up. One thing that I do, and I talked about this last week in that live was what I do is I buy a special domain name. Okay. A domain name for you. Those of you that don't know, it's a web address. Okay. So let's just, I always love using the bass fishing and I know you guys think it's funny. Um, years ago when I was doing the Amazon, uh, private label stuff, I was known for the garlic press. Um, but now it's bass fishing. So let's say that I was, uh, I, I had a bass fishing uh, shop. Maybe I call it bassfishingvip.com. Okay. And I would buy that domain name if it's available. And then I would forward that, that URL, that, that web address, that domain name, I would forward it. Cause you can do it right inside of your, uh, provider. We use GoDaddy. And you go in there, you go to forwarding, and then you take that long link that you get inside of Everbee because it's a long link. And then you basically just copy and paste that into the forward section in GoDaddy and then hit save. And then when anybody types in bassfishingvip.com, they're going to go to your Everbee email page and then they can opt in. And the reason why I want to do that is because I want it to be a nice link that people can see and it's easy to read and all that and easy to remember but I can now put that inside of one of my image slots. So that's the first place I would put it. I'd put it in my image slot. I would put there, join our VIP club and get 25% off your first order. And every month you are entered into win a free gift, right? Every single month. Um, so that's what I would do there. The second place is in your announcement. You can put it in there. And the third place, you can put it in your description. And the fourth place that you can put it is in your, uh, your confirmation uh, message that goes out to your customers. Because remember this, even though you can't use Everbee email now to connect with your customer on their order when they can, when they when you're doing a confirmation, you can automate that inside of your messages inside of your Etsy account. Nothing wrong with that, because all you're going to do there is say, hey, we just got your order. Congratulations on getting X, Y, or Z. Uh, We can't wait to get it to you. Uh, We're working on your order as we speak. In the meantime, if you'd like to join our VIP club, go here. And that's it. Now, it's up to them to click the link. It's up to them to opt in. That's what Etsy wants. They want them to make the decision to say, yes, I want this person to send me things. So there's four ways, by the way. All right. And I know I just ripped through those, but those are four different ways that you can do it. All right. Let me know in the comments if that sounds simple enough to do. And if there's anything that's not clear on that or something that you want me to create a video on in the future, let me know that as well. All right. Um, so that's how you do it, Chris. Hopefully that cleared everything up.
1: Yeah. So two, two quick questions. So if we're doing this, should we be using our, our own domain? So our business domain or buy a new one for the landing page? thing that you were talking about. If you already have one, just use the one that you have. If you don't, you can buy one and do that pretty easily. But Scott, like you hinted to, there's going to be some things coming inside of Everbee. Uh, And that was kind of the second follow-up question was, I know they have like a landing page thing now that they're souping up based on what you were just saying. How do I find that? And the, the easiest way to find that if you have the Everbee extension installed is just to go to your Everbee email section inside of that. And click on the view subscribe page. That will give you that opt-in page. And the view confirmation page will be what Scott referred to as the thank you page. So you can still do some things with that already, including what we talked about. I think Scott kind of behind the scenes after we got off last week with our buddy Assad, which was, hey, if we want to set up uh, a quick 20% off for anybody who opts in, that's very easy to do. All we have to do in order to do that would be to create the coupon code inside of Etsy. We can create that uh, that opt-in page inside of Everbee and then put that coupon code on the thank you page. And that's all that we have to do. I think Everbee refers to that as the the confirmation page. We've typically referred to that as the thank you page. So yep. that's something you could set up right now if you have Literally email right email and yep. start directing people over that direction.
0: Yeah, cool. All right, yeah. So moving on, moving on. Oh, and by the way, if you guys want the email marketing playbook that we created uh, that, that takes you through, what we do for email marketing, actually, I believe at the time that we, that we created the playbook, I mean, we increased our traffic by like 400%, um, just using email and even now with email. And I know a lot of people are like turned off by email now that's the time to, to really get in because people are running from it. You're going to have such an edge. Um, and I, I really think it's important to understand that. But if you want that playbook in the comments, um, just put in their email. And we will go ahead and make sure that we get that out to you, okay? Um, give us a little bit of time. If if not, you know, right now, we'll be able to, uh, to follow up with you in the comments. And if you're watching this on the replay, still put it in there, and uh, we're checking these comments every day for questions and for people that are requesting um, these resources that we're giving out here on these live streams, all right? Um, and one little call to action and little selfish, uh, little, uh, you know, little promo, if you will, is, um, if you do want to start using ever email, which I strongly recommend you do email for shops.com email for shops.com that will take you over to a page that will allow you to get access to their growth plan and get a month free. Okay. So if you want to start using it, Go ahead and go through that link. And by the way, you see how I did that? Email 4 shops.com. I bought that domain name and I forwarded it over to a long, ugly link that no one would remember. And now I get to use email 4 shops.com and people go there and they go to where I need them to go. So you see how that works? Pretty cool. All right. So let's bring up this right here. All right. Now I'm in a private group with the Etsy or not the Etsy, the ever uh, team. Okay. And Cody is the owner. Okay. He's the founder, uh, good friend of mine. Uh, and Assad is the one in charge of the email side. Okay. The email, uh, marketing team. Okay. We had him on last week. If you missed that episode, you probably want to watch it. There's some good insights there. Um, and we'll leave all the links and everything in the description here too, as well. So make sure that you visit those. But here's what Assad said. I literally did, see how it says two hours ago? And then it says an hour ago. I literally did this two hours before I was going to go live here today. And I'm like, I know those guys have updates. Let me go ahead and um, let me go ahead and ping them and see what I got here. And Assad came back. So he, here's what he says. This is coming right straight, straight from Everbee email team, okay? So some of the cool features that are underway are designed to help people grow their email list faster. And this includes... First thing, generating QR codes for users that link to the subscriber page. Now, Chris, why is that? Why is that a cool thing? Like, what's a QR code? How does that work? Why would that be good? Need to unmute yourself.
1: Yeah, that probably helps. I'm over here typing typing. You remember like 10, 15 years ago when everybody's like, oh, QR codes are the next big thing. And then they disappeared for like eight years because it was a giant pain in the butt to use them. Now, basically anybody with a smartphone camera can just hold it up. It will scan the code and you press a link, uh, that pops up on the screen. It'll take you to that page to opt in, right? You saw this really roll out, Scott, at least here during COVID, where people moved away from paper menus and more towards electronic menus. You'd walk into the restaurant and they'd hand you like the what is it called? The thing that sits on the table, right? Like the napkin holder with a QR code on the outside of it. So if you don't know what it's code or what it's called, that's that's what they're referring to here. And I think one of the reasons behind this is a lot of people in different seller communities are saying, hey, I want to include this in one of my image slots. I don't have a good way of creating this. So that's something that they're going to be rolling out for sellers. Basically, it lets somebody just pick up their phone really quick. Rather than even typing in email for shops.com, we could flash a QR code up here on the screen right now your phone would understand what that is telling your phone and it will take them right to email4shops.com without them even having to type it in. So being able to drop that into your listing, into an image slot or even anywhere else where you're running yep. an ad or on your social media, that's a nice way of being able to get people on a mobile device over without them having to type in the email address. Another place or, sorry, too, the, the web address.
0: Yeah, another place that this would work really well is if you're using insert cards. So if you're using an insert card in your packaging or heck, even on your packaging, you could put a QR code, have it printed. And then it's right there. Now you want to tell people to, you know, to, to use the QR code, right? You don't want to just put a QR code there and people be like, I wonder what that is, right? You, You need to, you need to tell them what it is. Right. Um, but I would put both, I would put a QR code and I would use that link. Okay. So that way there you cover both sides of it, but yeah, you're right, Chris. Um, we go to, um, this one restaurant you've been with us, uh, model a here. Um, oh, yeah. and you know, you go there and you click on You literally just have, there's no, there's a beer menu, but they really don't even need that because you just go to the table. I take my phone. I look, I click on it and I'm in. I got the menu. I got everything right there at my fingertips. Um, so it's really handy, and and people are definitely using the QR codes. So that's cool, right? So they're going to create QR codes for you to help you Everbee. Okay, so you can create your own, and then it'll link up to you to your subscriber page, which your subscriber page is now also built in Everbee email, which we talked about. Um, adding the QR code to an image. Uh, which the user can customize and then push to Etsy as a product image. Let's think about what they just said here. And if I'm if I'm understanding this correctly, they're saying that they're going to actually help you create the image right inside of Everbee Email. So you don't have to take your QR code, get it, bring it over to Canva, create your image, put it in there, export it, upload it. Right? They're saying. We're going to have a little, a little editor, a little something inside here that will help you create this image. And then you can just use that and import it to your listing because Everbee is connected to your Etsy shop. So now they still have integration with your listings and with all of those other things because they, they didn't kill that. That's still there and it will be there. So now we can literally maybe with a click of a button, be able to add that image directly to a listing. That's pretty cool. Um so that's that's what they're saying they're working on. The next one is adding the link to the subscription page to Etsy's announcement section from Everbee email. Let's think about that one. Let's say you're inside your Everbee email account and you're like, "You know, I want to put this in my announcement." Let me go ahead and write something up. Hit go ahead hit sub- submit. Boom, automatically published to your announcement. There you go. Now, the other thing that, and I'm going to, I'm going to say this on the fly here, and I know that I'm going to bring this back to the Everby team and who knows, maybe they're even watching this. You know, what would be cool on that? Get some tracking. Can we track that link? Can we see some numbers? How many people are clicking our announcement link, right? That'd be cool. Getting some metrics on the landing page. How many people visited our landing page? How many people converted to an email subscriber? That's probably going to come right. And that's pretty powerful in, uh, information. Um, so that's that. The third or the fourth, I'm sorry, is updating the confirmation email sent from Etsy when an order is placed to include the link to the subscription page. What did I just hear? Did I just hear that we are maybe going to be able to write our little confirmation, okay, email or message, and we're going to be able to do that directly from our Everbee email account? Chris, how would we be able to do that?
1: So this this is one that I've read like three times since you brought this up on the screen because you and I didn't talk about this because like you said, you no, literally just took the screenshot right before we jumped on. Yeah. Uh, and so it sounds like the Etsy confirmation email, and correct me if, if you feel differently on this and maybe we'll have to get clarification from Assad if he yells at us uh, and says that we're misinterpreting this, but it sounds like the email confirmation that Etsy is sending Right. Because what Etsy is doing is they're removing the ability to use the email address for third party integrations. So that to me means the confirmation email that Everbee email was sending previously would no longer be going out because they need the email address for that. But what Assad seems to be saying here is that they have a way to include your opt in link, which we were including in the email that was coming from Everbee previously. Y'all let me know in the comments if we're like, getting out of a place that makes sense here, but the email they were sending previously, that they figured out a way to edit the automatic confirmation email from Etsy to include that link, is that how you're reading that?
0: I am reading it that way, and uh, again, Stay tuned guys, because, uh, like I said, I've got direct access to the, uh, to the ever team. Um, I've got direct access to Cody, Cody and I, we communicate quite a bit through messenger and Slack, um, and Assad. So I've got Assad on my, on my phone here. I can text him as soon as we get off and figure this stuff out. So make sure if you guys want like the most up to date news and up and just anything that we're talking about here on this topic specifically, make sure that you subscribe and make sure if you're getting value, you you go ahead and hit that like button, a little self-promotion there for the channel. If you guys would do that, that would be awesome. Um, But yeah, that's how I'm hearing it, Um, which is really, really exciting because I was already thinking like we can go in ourselves into our Etsy account and we can customize that first message that goes out to our customer. We already can do that. But what about if we are able to now do that inside of Everbee email and allow that to get pushed. Um so it sounds like they're getting pretty creative and we're doing it in a way that abides by the by the rules, right? We're still having them re- it's required that they have to say yes. They have to put in their information and click subscribe. When before we weren't needing to do that for those first four emails because it was connected to an order. Okay? but now because that's gone away, how else can we get in there? Um, so these are some pretty creative ways and you could already see, I mean, this is only a week ago that we talked about this and this is already in production. Like their team is already working on this. And I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see even a beta version of some of this stuff in the coming weeks, like it's coming down the line. And they didn't even talk about the one that I'm the most excited about, by the way, like that one, if, not even if, when that one comes mind blown game changer, and you can bet that we're going to be using it. You can bet that we're going to be telling everyone we can about it because it's going to be that powerful. So again, subscribe to the channel. All right.
1: So, uh, who was it? it was little biz resources said there is a spot in etsy where you can add a note for the email from etsy that includes the link to wherever so that it sounds like that's what everbee is using they're just going to auto populate that for you and use the uh, the confirmation or sorry the subscribe page i think is what they're calling it inside of everbee email just drop that link right in for you so that, that automatically goes out and if that's the case that's pretty cool right and that's a good way of using that and it means that we don't really lose out on that much of Etsy pulling away that API field, because essentially the way, and it, if you guys aren't aware of how Everbee email worked previously, they were just duplicating the emails that Etsy was sending out. They were making sure they actually got delivered, right? And they got delivered and opened at a much higher rate. And they gave us full control over the order confirmation, the shipping notification, the follow-up, all of those kinds of things. And then at the bottom, you had a place where you could include a link where they could opt in for the VIP list. So, we're losing out a little bit on the deliverability side of this, a little bit on the customization side of this, but we're not really losing out. And I would be curious, uh, and I'm digging around looking for that field just to see where all it shows up. But I'm curious if that just goes out on the order confirmation or if that also goes out on like the shipping notification, you know, any of the other emails that Etsy sends out in regards to the order, if it just goes out on that first one. But at the very least, we're still going to get a whack. At it, and the ask that I would have for Assad and the Everbe email team is that you let us customize some of the verbiage around that link as well, mm-hmm. if that's possible to do. Because Scott, like to your point, when we were talking to Assad about some of our opt-in numbers, he said it was a lot higher than the average because most people were just using the link, and it mm-hmm. it's very easy to include a few words that are like, "Hey, do you want to save twenty percent on your next Etsy order?" Right, click here and drive them over to that VIP list. Or do you want to be in the know? Do you want to join our VIP club? Go here. And being able to customize that language along with the link would go a long way to increasing the usability of that as a feature and the uh, the reliability of that as a feature. So it sounds like, even though we're losing out on some of the deliverability side of this, even though we're losing out on some of the customization side of this, they've already found a few ways to get us. Eighty percent of the way there in terms of getting the customer onto the list, still because even when everybody was sending the emails, people had to click the link to opt in to hear from us in the future. They've found a way to do that kind of programmatically using the the data that they have and the access to the Etsy API, whatever's still left there for yeah. them uh, to be able to automatically populate that in a way that makes sense for sellers and customers. So it's pretty cool.
0: Yeah. No, it's, it's pretty cool. Uh, and again, uh, who was it here? A little biz resources. Let's see. Yeah. It says it would be better to do it all in one spot. Like in Everbee. it's like the hide, they hide those spots. Just like Chris was saying, I'm digging around here. Right. Uh, and there's a lot of value in one stop, um, spot to update everything instead of tracking down all the places and you're a hundred percent. Right. And that's what I'm thinking. Right. Like if we can have like our own little command center, right. Like where we can, Make all these changes, and with a press of a button, it goes live in those spots. And we don't have to go in. Where, where again was the save and share link again? Oh, it's there. Oh, where, where was that? I mean, I still do it to this day, and I'm like, why is it so difficult to find what I'm looking for in Etsy? And I've been using it now for almost three and a half years, like it's just crazy, right? So, I agree. And, uh, and it looks like that is what we're going to be able to do. And like I said, I think that we're also going to be seeing stats, uh, you know, data, which is really important, like how we can actually do that, which is really, really, um, powerful. I think the other thing is too, and this is a little geeky, a little nerdy, but I'm going to throw it out there because, you know, I'm kind of into this stuff too, even though you wouldn't, you know, maybe classify me as the data guy, like Chris, um, But I'm pretty sure throwing me
1: under the data bus.
0: But I'm pretty sure that because we've talked about this, is, and this is something that a lot of people don't understand, they don't know, and they might not even think of using right now. But another thing that I can see coming down the line is these because the landing page that we're and I call the landing page is the place where people put their name and email address, right? It's a dedicated page for them to what we call opt-in, right? Sign up for your thing. Well, because we're in full control of that, there's also going to be an opportunity for us to drop a Facebook pixel in this page. What does that mean? Really briefly, what it means is we can start building an invisible list of people that go to that landing page and they might not opt in. So let's say that you get hundred people to go to that page, but you get a 50% opt-in rate, which is great by the way, like that's above average. Okay. 50%, but you got 50% of people that didn't, but they still went there because they were interested. We can technically start building inside of Facebook. We can start building a list of people that we know are interested without even opting in. And then if we did want to run any Facebook ads, we could directly target those people powerful thing right there. Not sure it's going to happen, but I have talked about the other thing that we want to see implemented and definitely making that happen. So I'm pretty sure we can make it happen there within Everbee email. Chris, what's your thoughts on that?
1: On being able to add in the pixel, I think that's critical and I know we we talked to Assad about that last week. Even if they're not going to be quickly rolling out some of the other things that we talked about, yeah. that would be something I'd like to see sooner rather than later. And Scott one of the gripes that you and I always have one of the reasons we say maybe hold off on running some external ads to Etsy until you have everything else optimized your Etsy on site ads, right? Your SEO, you're building an email list is because you can't optimize those ads for anything other than traffic, which ends up leading to Facebook sending a bunch of people over that are really cool with clicking links on Facebook, but aren't necessarily the people who are going to buy things. When you're able to add in something like the Facebook pixel for all of the, um, the downsides and the shady things that Facebook does, the benefit to you as a business owner is they are really, really good at saying, Scott opts in for this type of a thing. Let me show that ad to Scott. And the way that they're able to be able to do that is by looking at the other people who have opted in. So they're saying, if Chris opts in for something, there's a really high chance that Scott is gonna opt in for the same thing. So once they see that I've opted in by using the pixel, right, clicked on the Facebook ad, went over, ever be sends the data back over to Facebook to say, hey, Chris made it to the thank you page, right? Facebook then goes, ooh, Scott's really likely to opt in for this. And if Scott's likely to opt in for this, Scott's son is really, like, really likely to opt in for this. And if Scott's son is likely to opt in for this, his wife and all of his friends are likely to opt in for this. And they just look at all of the history and you're able to minimize ad spend and maximize results in a way that isn't possible otherwise. So to me, that would be a killer feature. Scott, I'm doing a little bit of digging over here and I found the field and what, uh, what little biz was referring to is the message to buyer field, mm-hmm. which ironically is in the info and appearance settings. Cause that's where I would have put it not in like the customer or the order set, like info and appearance, right? That's right there. <laughs> yeah, and exactly. The, the two places where that appears to show up is in the, uh, The order confirmation, so it comes alongside of any of the shipping information that you have included there, and also on the order confirmation page. So what they refer to as the receipt page, the order confirmation page, and in that email appears to be where whatever is in that field shows up for your buyers. If anybody, (laughs) little business resources says, I told you they hide it. Um, If anybody knows another place where that shows up, that would be interesting to know. But I know based on their documentation I'm seeing so far, those are the two places on the order confirmation page and in that order confirmation email. So at the very least, we should get two whacks at this. The only thing I'm not sure of is if somebody buys in the app, are they shown the same version of the page as they are on desktop? But at the very least, they're going to get it in that email. It is going to be buried towards the bottom, and we don't have full control over what the Etsy order confirmation email looks like. But at the very least, we're still going to at least get a chance to be able to add those people to an email list if they opt in and choose to do so, which is the way that Everbee email and Aweber always handled this. It's just uh, now we're jumping through some hoops to get there.
0: Yeah, for sure. All right, cool. So, good stuff, right? I mean, that's pretty, pretty exciting stuff. Uh, and, uh, yes, we do have the hotline. So someone had said, uh, thanks for the latest. I was dreaming talking, uh, with Vicki. Thanks for the latest info. Knowledge is power. be is open to suggestions and you have the hotline. You're absolutely right. They want to hear what you want. They want to. And, you know, I was told by Cody, who is the founder and owner, Scott, if, if you can think it and you think it's valuable we can probably build it. So it just has to be something that is of value for, for more than just one person. And it has to be above board. Um, but they have full dedicated teams to, to all of their, all of their, uh, you know, areas of product research. If that's what we're talking about, or, uh, even, uh, you know, tracking listings, like all of that stuff, they have a dedicated team for like product research. They have another one for ever be email now. Right. So Yes. If you have any suggestions, put them in the comments, right. And, uh, we'll definitely make sure that they, uh, that they are aware of those. Um, all right, Chris, before we, I've got like three different topics that I want to address question based things that I've received over the last week. Um, but I did want to do two things before that. First off, I wanted to remind anyone that is just joining us, uh, we made an announcement at the beginning of the year that we're going to be doing uh, on this YouTube channel. We're going to be doing 52 Etsy shop audits. This is where we have people submit their shops for us to potentially do an audit for. And we basically do them uh, as a coaching call, if you will, where we're breaking everything down and we're either looking at it and going like you know what we should probably start over or we should probably move in this direction or we need to fix this um so what we decided to do was we're committing ourselves to 52 Etsy shop audits for 2024 and we are going to be releasing one per week starting February 1st but what Chris and I are doing is we're meeting once a month to batch record these and what we decided to do was to invite people to join us monthly. And we're calling this our Backstage Pass Club. And this is where you can come with us behind the scenes as we do it. Now, this is gonna be real, unedited, uh, raw kind of footage, okay? So imagine this is being recorded Off the cuff, like no editing, nothing. It is just Chris and I, we're going to even start and stop. We might even make mistakes, whatever. Um, But we are going to be doing this because we're going to do it anyway. But we decided to let people come behind the scenes. Now, these are going to be chopped up into individual uh, videos and sessions. And it's going to be our Etsy shop audit video series, which is going to be 52 in total for 2024. If you want to be part of the Backstage Pass Club, which we're doing our first live batch recording session tomorrow we've already got four picked. they're pretty awesome too by the way. they're going to be good uh, and uh, we are going to be doing that tomorrow at 12 pm. Eastern time. If you want to join us, then go ahead and uh, either click on the join button on YouTube if you're here on YouTube. if you're not, you can just go to brandcreators.com forward slash club again that's brandcreators.com forward slash club if chris if you could throw that up on the screen that would be amazing and then you can join us all right and then it's part of YouTube it's part of YouTube uh their back end where we have a, a membership area um, that you can be a part of and it's under ten dollars and you're going to be able to answer questions to us directly so if you're interested go ahead brandcreators.com forward slash club and uh you will be part of that backstage pass club and we'd love to have you All right. All right. The second thing someone said, yeah, Shelly says, yes, bloopers, LOL. There's going to be bloopers. I promise you, uh, there's going to be bloopers and yes, you will be able to witness those. Um, so yeah, it'll be, it'll be fun too. Um, okay. The second thing that I wanted to do here, even speaking to the, uh, you know, backstage pass club, you're probably noticing if you're in the YouTube Uh, comments, you're probably noticing that people have a, a different look or a badge that is attached to them. Those are members. Those are club members. Um, we're also now, because we're here on this live, those, those live, um, comments that are coming in, or even if they're not live, anybody, um, that even watches the replay, if you're a club member, they are going to be put in the queue as top priority. And then we work ourselves down the list. So, if you want to be, again, getting your, your questions answered to make sure that they get answered on one of these, even these free live trainings that we do, uh, then if you're a club member, you also get that as one of the perks. Um, so Chris, do we have it? That was my question to you, Chris, do we have any backstage pass club, uh, members that have questions that we need to address before we get to the, uh, you know, the general public, as we would say,
1: We do. Uh, I've been just kind of keeping a queue of the ones that we weren't answering as we go through. And before we jump into that, History Treat said, will a person getting a review be able to comment in real time? And the answer to that is yes, as long as they want to be on camera, right? And I think, Scott, you said as of the time of recording this, being today in present year, uh, we have everybody lined up for our first recording session. And I believe everybody is available to come on with us live and will be doing that at least to some extent.
0: Yes. Um, there, there is one person that said, I don't want to be on camera, but I will be in audio. Can I just give you an image? And we, and so we're going to work with that. We don't know how this is going to work as far as like how well it's going to work with having people on camera and stuff. We do want to try to keep these to 30 to 40 minutes a piece. Um, but we're going to see how it goes, but yes, the first four I've already sent out all of the information and, uh, everyone said they'll be on camera except for one and the other one said that they'll they'll at least be in the comments or they'll be on audio
1: awesome yeah. uh so Shelly Wagner asked I I think if I'm driving all of the traffic myself why not build my business on Shopify mm-hmm. and you're so even with this change and this is something I think a lot of people are confused by this doesn't change anything in terms of driving internal traffic from Etsy so there's no reason once you get the business set up and you're you're stable on Etsy that you shouldn't look at another solution. And that's something we're doing this year. We're really building out our presence on our own website. But driving traffic is very different from what's happening on Etsy, right? So if you're running Facebook ads, you're doing all of these things, you're running Google ads, you have to master a bunch of different platforms in order to be able to do this. That is a very different game from understanding Etsy's search engine algorithm and their ads algorithm. Right. Both of those things are a lot more forgiving than Google, either organic or ads and Facebook ads. And so even with them pulling away the direct access to the customer email, sounds like we are still getting some bites at that Apple. At the very least, so we'll be able to turn some of those at the very least into email opt ins and then we still can take advantage of all of the other things that Etsy has to offer. And the number one reason anybody should be looking at Etsy is that you don't have to master those things. And Scott, correct me if you feel differently on this, but to me, you don't have to master traffic. You don't have to master a bunch of different advertising platforms to be able to sell on Etsy. And being able to look at something like Facebook ads and dip your toe in with the email list building things while you're bringing in sales from Etsy before you try to figure out Facebook ads for e-commerce. It, that's It's a very nice, polite way of getting introduced to that environment and starting to learn the ropes. So to me, uh, you know, I, I would be okay with still using Etsy and I would still advocate it for anybody. It's just, we also have to build the alternative. And to Chris from Aweber's point, right? Like if, if this tells us anything, it tells us that we need to not be reliant on a single place. And I think that is a message that I would Uh, kind of broadcast from the rooftops, regardless of what changes different marketplaces make, right? Like Scott, this is kind of old hat for you and I, we've been going through this kind of stuff since we started selling on Amazon. And we watched rugs getting pulled out on all kinds of different things and people panicking and saying, Oh my God, how are we ever going to do this ever again? And there's always a solution to it. And the solution almost always is be less dependent directly on the platform, start to build a solid foundation through an email list, and then eventually on your own website. And then you can use the the benefits of the sales and the velocity that you have inside of the marketplace, in this case, Etsy, to really get that flywheel rolling and get cash coming in so that you can focus on the other things. So to me, this doesn't change really anything except for how we're acquiring the customer emails, which means we have a few less bites at the Apple in terms of getting them onto the list. And then we do have to be a little bit more conscious of actively building the list and being less dependent on Etsy long term. So Cheryl Scott wanted to know, she said, I'm so new. Uh, Etsy customers agree to opt in for Etsy email. So couldn't Etsy also just give the customers the option to receive emails directly from shop owners? Yeah, Yeah, they they could, could. but it's, you know, it's, it's their, it's their sandbox. And if they don't want us to be able to build a sandcastle in their sandbox, they're not going to let us do it. Yeah. As long as they're cool with using that uh, order note to do this, then they still are giving us that chance right? And I I don't see anything because it says basically you can write whatever you want the buyer to see. And as long as we're doing that with the intention of not pulling that person away from Etsy, but driving them back to Etsy to buy something else, I don't see anything wrong with that approach. And I think that is a way that they're still giving us direct access to this. And if anything, that way is actually more official because the email is coming from Etsy itself, right? right? And so as long as it gets delivered, which is my biggest problem with the Etsy order notifications, Almost everything I've ever ordered has ended up in spam for me, but as long as it's getting delivered, then it's coming from Etsy. They're saying, Hey, if you want to hear from the buyer, you can click here and do that. Uh,
0: hey, Chris, before you go on here, let's give a little shout out. Uh, let me go, go over here. Now let's give a little shout out to uh, one of our new members. Uh, looks like uh, a uh, Awesome. Thanks for being part of our club. And then Sammy, thank you, buddy. Appreciate you. So I just want to give a little shout out. It's always nice to see new, uh, new faces. So appreciate you guys. Um, all right, Chris, um, let's see here. Uh, you answered the one on that there from Shelly, any other from, uh, let's see here. Um, do you have one more before we dive into, uh, yeah, yeah, there you go.
1: So Elysian Workshop wanted to know, he said, it might be half off topic. We're talking about email, man. Everything's fair game. Uh, But how do you guys keep your email list separate to your Shopify email list? We don't currently. Uh, Mm -hmm. Everything is integrated into one. We know what products they bought on Shopify. If they bought something on Shopify, we know what they bought on Etsy, at least up until this point, because we were able to match those things inside of Everbee. We'll see what happens with that in the future. But we're able to keep all those people in one place. And to me, there's no real reason to separate those two groups of people. They are customers regardless of where they came from. The only question would be if we're running an Etsy special promotion, maybe then we want to segment those people out. But depending on the email service provider you're using, there's 20 different ways that we could do that. We could say if they came from Everbee, then mark them this way. And Scott, you and I do this all the time with our email list. We say, hey, these people really love our lives. So just send it to the people we know like our lives. Just send it to people who we know, uh, have checked out our email stuff in the past. And so you would just use segmentation inside of that list. If you had something uh, that you wanted to send to a very specific group of people, no reason to have two separate lists, pay twice. Like it just becomes a mess and it's easier to segment kind of on the fly using the different tools that are built into the- And
0: that's going to be coming and ever be email as well. I I know that that was already going to be happening where they're going to have more segmentation, uh, more tagging. Um, So yeah, so I mean, to Chris's point, Um, You know, that's something we've been using and most providers already offer that, which is pretty cool, um, is where like, so for example. You know, for brand creators, we're using ConvertKit. We've been using them for years and it works for us. There's some people that think that ConvertKit isn't as good as, uh, you know, some of the bigger ones, right, um, out there. But it works well for us because it does tagging very simply. A Weber does tagging, you know. So if someone, so for example, when I send an email out about one of these lives, I tag or I get anyone that clicks on that, I tag them as interested in a live. So then whenever I'm going to go live, I go ahead and I send out an email five minutes before we're going to go live to just the people that showed interest in the lives. So it's the same difference. If, if you were running uh, a special and it was on Etsy, would you only want to send it to Etsy people? Probably not send the Shopify people over there too. Who knows? They might want to buy there as well. Um, but you can segment it and that will be coming very soon. I'm, I'm sure. Um, all right, Chris, let's uh, let's go ahead and, and dive into a couple of things here I wanted to discuss, things that have come up um, and things that I think would be worth uh, exploring a little bit further. Um, I think we'll probably have time to do two. Um, so I, I want to start with what Etsy sellers really need to be aware of that are starting on Etsy but yet don't understand that you are putting all of your eggs in one basket if that's all that you're focusing on. So a little bit of a warning here for anyone that is just starting on Etsy. Uh, Yes, Etsy is a great platform. It is one that I promote for people to start on because it takes all of the hurdles out of it, just about all of the hurdles out of the mix. All right, Because they are giving you access to traffic. Okay. And that's a big one. I mean, if anyone's ever tried to run Facebook ads or Google ads, uh, YouTube ads, anything, it's a struggle. It's a grind. Okay. And not saying that it's not important and not saying that you won't get there one day, but in the very beginning, no, you want to keep things super simple. So, Just like if you were selling on Amazon, Amazon is already built. It's already got buyers. It's got traffic. And the other thing is it's a search engine that is, that is created for shoppers. Okay. People that already have credit cards on file. So those are all of the, you know, not all of them. There's a lot more, but those are the big ones of why we want to start there. But the warning is here. If you don't start to build your own assets And I'll get to that here in a second on how you should be building two assets. All right. Because if for some reason Etsy decides to either, I don't know, suspend your account, which has happened. Okay. Or maybe just ban you completely. You can't ever sell on there. And then you're left with nothing. And I see this a lot where people will, they call it, they're building an Etsy business. I don't like to say that my wife's shop is an Etsy business. It's an e-commerce business. Because I know that this Etsy part is just one part of the business. It's one channel of the business. Now, is it a big channel right now? Yes. But what do you do to reduce the risk? You have to start building assets. All right. And this is something that a lot of people don't realize, but, and this is something to note is you can't take your Etsy shop and sell it. Okay. Now you might be thinking if you're brand new, you're like, well, why would everyone want to do that anyway? Right. If it's doing well, because that's a whole nother, a whole nother avenue. And a lot of people have built e-commerce businesses with the intentions of just selling them after four or five years. And I've seen businesses get sold for $500,000, a million dollars, $10 million. Okay. Because they've built up a business that is sellable. An Etsy shop is not sellable. Okay. At least right now, they do not allow you to basically say you can sell it and then just let that person have access to your account. And then they change their banking information. They change, you know, their, uh, their EIN number and all those things. Okay. You literally can't do that right now, but what you do have as an asset, and as long as you're doing it in the way that we promote that you do, right. And that we suggest that you do is if you're building a brand You're creating products for a customer and those products, even though they reside on, on Etsy, they're yours. They're your designs. And yes, if you're doing print on demand, well, they're not your pillows, but you're buying the pillow and putting your design on it in a sense. Okay. It's just better than if you had to buy inventory. All right. But you are literally building. A library of products, right? A catalog of products. Now the problem is they reside on Etsy. So what do we do to take those assets and bring them over to something else? Well, there's plugins out there right now that will take your product listings and import them all over to a Shopify store or an e-commerce store. Okay. We've done it with Shopify. So the very first step, even if you're not going to sell on a Shopify store or on an e-commerce store, you probably want to start porting them over. Okay. So that would be my first precaution and my first, you know, kind of thing to do before something bad could happen because now I have all those assets over there. I don't have to go and go into my printify and try to find out where everything is and all of that stuff. So that's an asset that a lot of people don't look at. But again, if you're just throwing up random stuff, not much of an asset. Okay. But if you're creating products for one customer, Yes, those are assets, and those are yours, okay? Now, the second asset is an email list, all right? Now, you can't anymore, you can't take an email address from your customer that has not given you consent, and you cannot add that to an email list. Can't do it. But you can start collecting those emails in different ways. And we've talked about it here, uh, you know, on other videos, and we've said how we are doing it, okay? Okay and one way of doing it is to create what we call a VIP club of some kind where people will get discounts they'll get maybe launch specials they'll maybe get a monthly giveaway things like that and then what we do is we take that okay that that little offer that sign up page that we create we do this all in everbee email by the way little shameless plug here if you're not using everbee email i do recommend them email for shops.com you can get one month free Little shameless plug. But basically, we can now build this page that has a way for them to give us their email address. And it's totally above board with Etsy. And we offer to give them something in return 25% off discount. Maybe that's what you're going to give them immediately. And then we build that list. And once we have them inside of our Everbee email or whatever provider you want to use, that's yours. If Etsy goes away tomorrow, that's yours. So imagine now I have all my products, they reside on another location, even if I'm not going to be selling there actively right now, and I have an email list that I have control of, if something happens, I could literally turn the lights on over here in one day, and all I got to do is take my email list and point them over there, okay, so little bit of a warning, right, of just putting all your eggs into one basket, but this does start with thinking about your business as a business and as a brand that has cohesive products that one customer would buy more than just that one product or would come back and buy again. Okay. So those are some things to think about if you're just starting, or if you have already started and you haven't thought about this, those are some things that you can do right now, or at least start right now and change the thinking of your, you're building an Etsy business. No, you're building an e-commerce business. All right, Chris, anything you want to add to that?
1: I think it's just a quick recap of the things that you were talking about, Scott, right? There's two things that we need to think about any time a change like this happens. The first is making sure we've shifted to the correct mindset. You are not an Etsy shop. You're not an Amazon shop. You're not an Amazon merch shop. You are an e-commerce business. And if we approach the decisions that we make and the marketing that we choose to do and all of these kinds of things from that mindset then it forces us to start thinking about the things that you were just talking about. And to me, it really comes down to starting to build the assets that a real e-commerce business would have. And the two biggest things that real e-commerce businesses have are their website and their email. The very first thing I would be starting with because it's the lowest friction is the easiest way to get started is really mastering the email side of this. And I know as of recording this, it's a new year and email is not a sexy thing, but yet it's still the highest return on investment marketing activity that e-commerce businesses do. It blows everything else out of the water. It blows ads out of the water. It blows influencers out of the water. It blows everything out of the water. Why? Because it still works. I know that it's 20 plus years old at this point, but it still works and it gets you a high return on investment. So if you can master that, that puts you in a great place to start to be able to master some of the other things. Once you have the email list in place, that gives you the foundation that you will need in order to build your website and have a way of driving traffic before you master Facebook ads and Google ads and TikTok and all of these other places. So focus on building email first, website second, and then figuring out another traffic source, Facebook ads, Google ads, TikTok ads, whatever the the new sexy marketing channel that's gonna pop up this year is. If you can master those two things, that will get you a long way to building a stable e-commerce business.
0: Love it. All right, I got one more thing and then we got a couple more questions and then I got to jump because well, I got to take my daughter to beach volleyball practice here and I uh, got to make sure that we're not late. All right, I'm big on not being late. Got to got to get on the road. Uh anyway, let's go ahead and uh let me pull up my notes here. Okay, cool. Now, that I have people ask, they're like, "All right, how do you succeed? How do you win on Etsy in 2024?" And there's really two things. I'm going to get to those. So, Let me set this thing up. The question I get asked is, Scott, how do I win? How do I succeed on Etsy in 2024? Or can you succeed? Or is it just too saturated and you just, you can't make it? There's two things that you will need to succeed and to win, in my opinion, on Etsy in 2024. And we're going to rip right into it here, guys. All right. The very first thing is, is this, you need to spend time, whether you're brand new or whether you're up and running and your sales have just flatlined or your sales have always been just kind of, meh, okay, but not great. You need to spend time on doing niche research. Okay, because you might be in three, four, or 10 different niches and you don't really know what one is the best or what one has the most growth potential or what one do you enjoy working in? Because that's a big one. A lot of people, they'll just pick whatever they're going to sell from what's selling. And they don't think about it like, well, I actually am going to be creating this stuff and I really want to enjoy doing what I'm doing and building this business. So I probably should enjoy it. So I always tell people to look at what you enjoy, whether you're passionate about it or just interested in it, that will help. That will go a long way, but here's how this works. And this is what I mean and is why it's so important. If you don't do that. And you just go after something that you think is a good idea or you assume is a good idea. Well, you might be doing something that is just never going to be a solid business because it doesn't have enough demand. You have to look and see where do you want to go financially. And for everyone, it's different. It might be, I just want to make an extra thousand dollars per month. All right. Well, your demand needs to be not as much as the one that wants to make $10,000 per month. Okay. Or 20,000 or 30,000, whatever it is. Okay. Demand on your niche is critical. So an example is wedding. We all know that wedding is a massive, massive niche. Okay. And there's a lot of sub niches that are attached to it. So Yes, you want to do your validation there to make sure that the sub niche that you're going to go into, or that you're going to start with, or what one should you start with? Let's say that, that is going to come down to doing the niche research. Okay. Now we use Everbee and Everbee allows us to look at real data. Okay. Numbers of a shop. How, how long have they been in business? Okay. Uh, how long have they been selling a certain listing and what listings are doing the best, right? So I want to see before I even go and, and, uh, and do all this work, is it even worth it to get in to this niche? There was a story that was told the other day on a podcast that I was listening to, and I thought it really, really made sense. And it, it went like this. Imagine that you and your significant other were going to a party. And you were invited to a party, but they said, well, we think we're going to have the party, but we're just not a hundred percent sure. You know, we're we're probably going to have the party. And let's say that that party was two hours away. And then your significant other comes up to you and says, Hey, uh, we're going to go to that party tonight. Did you call and see if, uh, if it's happening? You're like, no, no, it's going to happen. They're going to do it. Are are you sure? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure they never cancel. They always have their party. And then you go on that two-hour trip and you pull up and the lights are off and there's no one there. And you're like, man, we just did a two-hour trip and they're not doing it. That sucks. And now you're kind of upset and you're frustrated because you spent money on gas or electricity if you have a Tesla. And uh, you're like, wow, I should have probably called. You needed to validate that they were having a party. <laughs> you know." And, and I, I like that because it makes a lot of sense. You don't want to drive. You don't want to do all that work if the party's not happening. Right. And in this case, we're talking about if there's no business being done there, or if there's not enough being done there in this case, why do it in the first place, right? You're already starting off the wrong way because there's not enough demand there. So it's going to, you're going to be scraping and clawing to try to just get the sales that you need to get in order to make, uh, you know, make the money that you're trying to make. The second piece here is very similar to the first one is product research. This is where, okay, I've got the niche, but now you might be going after the wrong products because there's products that you think will do good, right? You're assuming that they'll do good. No, let's do the research in the very beginning before we ever, ever make the investment with our time, okay? Because that's what you're investing here is time, okay? Yes, money, hundred bucks to get everything set up, probably less than that, right? To do print on demand, but we want to validate that the party's happening. Okay. And in this case, that means the niche, what kind of demand are we looking at? Is it, is it something also that's just trending right now? Is it something that's been around for a while? Second thing is product research. What are the best products to start with that are going to have the highest demand? That's the other thing that I want to look at all the time is what products have the most demand out of the products that I found. And then what ones are going to drive the most traffic over to my shop? You know, inside of our one, two, three pod fast track training. We basically teach that we're like find five products that have high demand and then you can sell lower demand products in your shop because we're not using them as search demand. We're using those as people that come in. We know they're interested in this and they're probably going to be interested in this because it's at the checkout, right? It's, it's in the shop as you're walking down an aisle, you're like, oh, that's cool. So we can do that but we got to make sure that there's enough products that have demand that bring the attention, bring the search volume over. That's the one big mistake I see a lot of sellers making is they go after products that don't have good search. That's the demand. You have to remember, Etsy's a search engine. It's a search engine for what people are shopping for. If they aren't searching for it, you're not going to be found. It doesn't matter how good your SEO is. It doesn't matter how good your Etsy ads are, right? It doesn't matter. We need to make sure that it is there right that the demand is there another example of this is and I, I did this personally is i have an airbnb and before we bought i had to do all the research of that surrounding area and in the area itself and see what kind of bookings are done what times of year is it is it popular what's the going rates you know am i going to does this make sense to invest all this money in a home to do airbnb i wouldn't just say ah i think it's a good area no, we got to do our research. So it, it goes with anything. If you're going to be investing time, energy, and money into something, you have to do the, the research. And it comes down to those two things, niche research, product research. And again, if you want help with that, I have videos here on the channel. I'll drop them in the description, but also Everbee is the tool that I recommend everyone needs when getting started, because it is going to help you with the validation. If you want that tool, I'll leave that link in the description and, uh, you can go ahead and get access to that. All right. So go ahead and give that a try. Got to do that product validation and the niche validation. It is so, so critical. Chris, anything you want to add to that?
1: One thing, Scott, I know the follow-up question we're gonna get to that is cool. There's a lot of people in this niche. Is it too competitive for me? And to me, I think if you're asking that question, you're actually asking the wrong question. A niche that is too competitive is a high quality problem to have. Why would a niche be competitive? Because there's a lot of volume there. So rather than saying, is this niche too competitive, right? I love the sales volume. I like seeing all of the different products. The question that you should be asking is, How do I compete in this niche? What is my entry point? I validated that this is a niche that I enjoy. I validated that it has the demand that I'm looking for. I'm a little worried that there's a lot of people selling in it. The follow-up to that is, what is the place that I can insert myself into this? And I know you and I in the past have talked about the wedding niche as an example of this. And maybe the first thing that we're selling is we niche down within the wedding niche to only sell bridal pajamas or something like that. Once that is out of the way, we've started to build a little bit of momentum. Then maybe we go up to some of the rest of the bridal party stuff. Then we add in uh, the bachelor party stuff. Then we add in the day of the wedding stuff. And all of a sudden, we have a wedding niche-wide shop that is successful in an extremely competitive niche. So if you're wondering, is my niche too competitive? That's a good problem to have. The answer to that question is, how can you compete? What is the entry point? And that's where you'll find how you can compete in that niche typically you'll find that at the product level when you're doing some of the the product level validation you'll really start to see those opportunities open up you just have to capitalize on one and then if you want to sell the other things that are involved in that niche you're very easily able to do that once you've set that foundation at your entry point
0: awesome Um, did any other questions come in from our backstage pass club members? I thought I saw one or two comments. We want to make sure that we get those. And if you guys are wondering what that is, um, you can click the join button, uh, near the subscribe button, and you can get details on how to become a backstage pass club member, which we basically let people go behind the scenes of our Etsy shop audits that we batch record. Um, but you can read more on that and and get the information there. Do you have any, any that came in, Chris? Elise in
1: Workshop said, only 18 people have hit the like button. Take action. Do it now. Uh, Sue said, uh, that's me. I need some help reinventing my shop in terms of really figuring out the niche validation side of this. Darlene wants to know if we have a Shopify affiliate link. If that's the right solution for you, absolutely go for it. It's not necessarily the right solution for everybody. So we don't have a link for that, at least that I'm aware of off the top of my head. Um, yeah. But it is a great solution if you're not tech-friendly. It's a great way to get a a store started very easily. And they do some really cool integration uh, via something like Vela or any of the other apps that will help you map your Etsy store directly over. So absolutely go look at Shopify if you're trying to get something started. Sue, uh, Shelly Wagner said, you made me spit coffee through my nose. And I believe that was in relationship to your going to the party and showing (laughs) up and being the only people there. Uh,
0: it's not a true story, but it would suck if you went two hours and your, your wife said to you, um, Hey, did you call them? No, I don't have to. They're good. They're, I know they're having it. And then if we got there, I, I would have had a long ride home.
1: Yeah. It would have been very, very quiet.
0: Yeah. It would Uh, not have been a good ride home. So I want to validate uh, that they're having a party.
1: And then Evie had asked, uh, I have different, should I have different Etsy shops for different product lines like clothing, household, et cetera? No, your shop should be based around the niche. So if you are basing it around bass fishing, just to beat that example, um, you're going to be launching clothing, household products, prints, posters, and number three, et cetera, for people in bass fishing. You should have a product mix inside of the store, but all of those different products should appeal to the same. Person and, and Shelly said, "At least it would be a fun ride home, Scott, in the Tesla." And so, uh, even if it was a quiet ride home, you could enjoy the ride by doing whatever it is that you do. While there's
0: you're no divider in there. There's no divider. You know. Yeah. Um,
1: uh, we'll have to reach out to Elon and see if we can turn that. Yeah, we can see if
0: we can cool. get one of them installed. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I always validate, so that won't happen to me. So it, it won't be a long ride home. I'm always validating that uh, that it's actually happening. Um, Yeah. So cool. And, uh, yeah, so it looks like we had some, some club members here asking questions today too. If we didn't get to, uh, anyone else's questions, uh, we apologize. I think we did though. I think we covered everything even in our follow-ups. Um, I did want to remind you if you are interested in becoming a backstage pass club member, under 10 bucks. And you can meet with us once a month when we do our batch recording sessions for our Etsy shop audits, which we're going to be releasing one Etsy shop audit. It will be on Thursdays starting February 1st. And, uh, our backstage pass club members are getting access to Chris and I doing a batch recording session of those. We're doing four in one batch and we're answering live questions with those people. And, um, they get the replay of the unedited raw, uh, version of that replay immediately. And you get that nice little tag like Shelly Wagner has, uh, that uh you get to ask some questions uh, on any of these other lives and uh we will make sure that you are a priority. So so yeah. So um anyway, uh want to say thank you guys. If you want to be part of that, just uh go to uh let's see here, brandcreators.com forward slash club or click the join button if you are on YouTube and you can be part of that. Our first session is tomorrow. At 12 p.m. Eastern time, it will probably last two, two and a half hours, and we will be doing four Etsy shop audits. We already have them queued up, and I'm very excited to uh, to, to dig in and help these Etsy shop owners and the people that are going to be hanging out with us. All right. So if you want that, make sure that you, uh, you join us before tomorrow. And then the other thing, last thing, is if you did want that email playbook, just put email in the comments, and we will make sure that we get you that playbook. Uh, which will go through our email marketing strategy that we've applied to Etsy. All right, guys. So that's it. That's going to wrap it up. As always, take care, take action. Have an awesome, amazing day. Remember, as always, we're here for you. We're rooting for you. All right, take care, guys.